Man, oh man, this is the other side of adoption. Today we're going to be talking with John Myers, my father-in-law, Austin's stepdad, and we're going to be talking about the other side of adoption. Um, if you haven't heard my adoption podcasts, part one and two, with my parents, um, it tells the story of my adoption, and it is quite simple and quite easy, even though it wasn't, but in comparison to John's story that you're going to hear in a second, um, very, very simple. Um, I never had to go into foster care. I never had to live with my biological parents um, and be in that situation. And I was adopted as an eight-month-old, so I don't even remember <laughs> being adopted. Um, but John has a different story, so we're going to get into that right now, and I hope y'all enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am here with my father-in-law, John Myers. Say hello, John. Hello. <laughs> there he is. Um, he has been visiting from Tejas for the past almost week, and it's been absolutely amazing. It would have been amazing no matter what, but it's really amazing because he's been cooking for us like this entire time, and it's been like gourmet food. So good. <laughs> I'm definitely going to miss that and miss him when he leaves, but um, it's been a great trip. Uh, John, go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself, just kind of like where you're at in life right now, and then we're going to dig deep into um, comparing his adoption story, which if you didn't hear in the intro, he's adopted, <laughs> just like me, um, in comparison to mine, because mine, uh, it was brought up to me by his wife, Tanya. Um, mine is like a really great easy peasy in the grand scheme of things um adoption story and his was not and so we're gonna get like a little bit of the other side but john go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself uh, so i'm 52 got five kids four are out um live in texas i'm an information system security engineer for l3 uh, basically cybersecurity. so i enjoy doing that live on a farm Small farm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a farm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is real peaceful, so I'm not in the city, so yeah. I love that. But under that, it's awesome. A short version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm retired Navy. Yes, and what S you said, three wars, six S deployments, or something. Yeah, six deployments, three wars. Gracious. Getting into your adoption story, so. You, I, I know a little bit, but I know almost nothing in comparison to like the actual, you know, story. Um, what, so you were with your biological family at first or were you adopted as a baby? I was with my biological family first. Okay. Um, and then when I was six and my brother was four, we were dropped off. I guess it was their friends mm. told we were going to spend a week there and then they never came back. Wow. Did the friend know that? I don't know. Or you think the friend was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. So that week turned into a month, and the month Gracious. turned into six months. Six months turned into a year. and um, I remember being told, like, they're not coming back. Yeah. And uh, it was rough. Like, what, yeah. what do I do? You, you were six. I was six. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then later on, I found out after talking to my biological dad that they went to Arizona looking for work because I guess it was a recession at that time mm. and couldn't make it back or for whatever reason and wow. felt I was we were better off and and then uh, several years later my younger brother Tommy got dropped off as well and oh so they kept 
So yeah. they kept all three of us. Oh, wow. So the friends that you were dropped off with, did they like officially adopt y'all? They did. Okay. Um, not until I was 15. Okay. Um, after, I think it was about a year or so. I can't really recall, but the brothers I was growing up with, now my biological brothers, the ones that live there, mm-hmm. they're like, listen, they're not coming back. These are going to be your parents now, so you might as well start calling them mom and dad. And wow. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of got forced into doing that because they're like, start calling that or I want to beat you up. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. So I did, and you know, I just kind of went from there. and It was rough growing up because that's in the 70s. Yeah. And, um, abusive family. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But I took on a lot of the responsibility as far as protecting the other brothers and sisters, even the ones that weren't biological. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the abuse. So, what I mean by taking on responsibility is whenever they did something wrong, I took the blame. Mm. I took the abuse. Yeah. So they wouldn't have to. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, adverse lines up really well. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't follow the Instagram, uh, the podcast Instagram, I do verse of the week every Wednesday and I post uh, just a like verse and then thoughts on the verse and then a prayer at the end of it. And whenever I have guests, I have them pick out the verse and his verse was John fifteen thirteen. uh, for there is no greater love than those who lay their life for their brothers. Right. Friends. It's our friends yeah. yeah. I think it, I think the reason I said brothers is cause it's like in the, in the Greek, it's like phileo or something yeah. like brotherly love friends. Like that's yeah. our deal. But, um, yeah, that goes about pretty. <laughs> and then joining the military to sacrifice your life for billions of others that makes yeah. sense because yeah, after all I, I left i joined when i was 17 oh wow and i left about a month after i graduated mm-hmm. so i graduated june of 88 and actually two months so by august i was gone yep and my stepdad or adopted dad whatever you call him mm-hmm. uh, he's like you need to get out of the house because this isn't good for you so join the military at 17, get out. Like, so I did. That's okay. <laughs> and then after I left, I don't know the best way to explain it. Things really went downhill for the other other siblings. Yeah. yeah. Brothers ended up going to jail. Mm. Uh, the abuse picked up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there to take it. Yeah. So it was rough. Yeah. So do you remember anything from your biological family like living with them? A little bit. Um, I remember, I think my aunt, one of my aunts was babysitting us. and I don't remember exactly where we lived. That was kind of rough, too. And there's, my dad drank a lot. Biological dad drank a lot. And and there was one instance, I don't know where we were going. We were driving. My mom was driving. And I was in, me and my brother were in the back seat. And we were on some highway. And my mom and dad were arguing, and my dad was drunk. And at 60 miles an hour, he just opened up the car door and jumped out. Oh, my gosh. He lived. He just got banged up really good. Oh, my gosh. It was like, I had to see that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's things like that is... Traumatic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So then you get dropped off with these people, and it's, like, not better. Right, he drank a lot. Yeah. Um, they were big on 
big on spanking, but spanking's not really the right word. It was, yeah. You know. There's a difference. Yeah. You know, when you get beat with a two by four. Yeah. Not discipline. It's like, yeah. yeah, there's a difference. Oh my gosh. No, when you're caught lying or cussing and you have to stand over the bar of soap in your mouth yeah. for hours on end. Yeah. My mom did that to me one time with ivory soap, but it was like a... Ivory soap burns. It does burn. For those who don't know. But it was only like a five second, like, don't say that again kind of like no, thing. Not hours. We had blisters on our lips. That's horrible. From holding the bar of soap in our mouth. That's horrible. Oh my gosh. So then you were with them for those, what, 10 years about? Yeah. But you said you didn't get officially adopted. Did your parents have to, like, give away rights? Or was it just, like, since so, they didn't? So, supposedly, they put out a... They, they go to the courts and say, hey, we're gonna, we want to adopt them. Mm-hmm. There's an investigation determining how fit they are. And back then, <laughs> and a lot of the stuff was acceptable. Yeah. Um, and then they supposedly put out a notice in the papers looking for the parents and say, hey, you know, this adoption thing's going to take place unless you come forward. Wow. And they never came forward. And then uh, we got adopted October 31st, 1985 on wow. Halloween. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, my biological mom started coming around. Hmm. And she says she never knew anything about it, mm-hmm. but she was always on drugs and everything too. Yeah. So. I mean, what did she expect? You know, like it's been ten years. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> how, like nothing's gonna happen. Like it's just gonna be waiting still. Like, oh my gosh. So then, so you said like she was on drugs and stuff like that, but um, whenever you kind of got back, like introduced, reintroduced to her. Was that the same time you got reintroduced to your biological dad, or did you meet up with her first? I met up with her first. Okay. Um, Were they I, still together? No. Yeah, I didn't think and so. She had remarried, and I was actually still living at home uh, right before I went into the Navy. Mm-hmm. I kind of rode, I told my mom I was going to meet a friend and rode my bike. Actually, I was going to meet my cousin. Yeah. Rode my bike up to the store, and then my cousin had set me up and blindsided me because I wasn't expecting my biological mom oh, to be there. Wow! So I'm sitting there talking to my cousin, and next thing I know, the oh. door opens up, and this lady comes out, and it's my biological mom. I was like, "What?" Oh my gosh, that's so, like horrible. Yeah. So we chatted for a little bit. She, you know, crying and apologizing, and. Um, she ended up passing away years later for cancer, mm-hmm. as well as my dad. And then my dad, I went and flew to Oklahoma to visit him and kind of get some questions answered and mm-hmm. as much as I could. Uh, then he died a little, a, lot, a little after that too. Mm-hmm. So that's good that you met them for closure reasons. Well, yeah, I still didn't quite have all the questions answered, yeah. but yeah, I got most of them. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. were on drugs half the time, so yeah. it's like, <laughs> how much truth. do they remember, how much, you know, is real. Exactly, and how much is truth, and how yeah. much is not. Yeah, I've been told many times, like, you need to meet your birth parents, like, ASAP, and all this stuff, because, like, what if they die? And I was like, well, I'm never going to meet my dad, because we don't know who he is, really. But my birth mom, waiting until my sister is old enough, so that we can meet her together, but that's definitely been, like, a thought. It's like, I do definitely want to meet her, <laughs> like, you know? And I don't have any real questions because she's kept up with my mom um but it's just like a 
a closure thing. Yeah. And um, my biological siblings actually kept up with my parents. Um, so I knew a little bit about them, at least until, like, you know, they're, like, six years older than me. Like, my three mm-hmm. older siblings are, like, three or six years older than me. So they had lives, like, adult lives way before I even really understood, I guess. Um, but as far as your biological siblings, are they, like, still kind of, like, lost in the sauce? Or are they kind of... I have some half-brothers and half-sisters that... I really don't talk with much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a half sister that her she her husband was doing drugs and she wanted to get out of the situation and we were going to take her in with us when we still lived in California. Mm-hmm. And one of the conditions was she had to address the situation that she had at her house. And mm-hmm. So we had the police do a welfare check. Is uh, she had told me like he had a meth lab and all this stuff. Oh my gosh. And. Uh, I not, guess the police not just doing drugs, like yeah. <laughs> making them. <laughs> and I guess the police told him that I'm the one that called. Oh, even though they're wow. not supposed to do that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So mm. everything went downhill from there and she's that been mad sucks. at me ever since and I tried explaining that the reason we were doing this is we wanted to bring you out here to get you away from that. Yeah. But they didn't wanna you know Yeah, face that. You know, you try to help, but that's definitely a so I don't talk with them much. Yeah, trauma response, yeah. And a couple of them passed away already. Mm-hmm. You know, my younger biological brothers actually passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he died. And this, he came home from work, and I guess he was drinking a lot or whatever, and mm. overdoing it. And he went and took a shower and came out of the shower and sat down on his bed and wow. died. Wow. That's so crazy. But I had a lot of questions answered. And someone answered, and when I thought I had closure, then I did my ancestry DNA, mm-hmm. and that opened up a whole. Which was recently because yes. I knew you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that opened up a whole other book of questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to, you can get into that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that definitely. I was like, I talked about in my adoption, or actually, it was like my depression podcast. It was just like not knowing who I was and that fed into a lot of like me like being depressed like I was like I want especially as a teenager I was like you're not my parents you're not like this isn't like the life blah blah blah. but then like in my case like I didn't suffer (laughs) as a kid like I I was very blessed like I I had like a really great childhood and so me not knowing it was just like a oh I just kind of wanted to know and like get like and then oh I knew now like I did my DNA and like that's it but for you it's like this was a lot (laughs) like (laughs) and this was like very heavy and so you finding out stuff like you're like digging deep and like finding a bunch a whole bunch of like drama that occurred and like all this stuff and it's like it's so much more yeah and to start off you know, for people who don't know, if you don't know where you're from, it makes, I mean, it's always in the back of your mind. It's hard. Some people think you can just kick it to the side. and mm. But you always want know, you're always searching and want to know where you're from. Yeah. You know, who's your family? Mm-hmm. And in my situation, I thought I knew who my family was. <laughs> um, we had rumors, and that's all they've always been until my DNA and my sister's DNA and uh, on Ancestry, it, my grandmother had an affair while my grandfather was in World War II. Um, 
So I was born as a studly hmm. and did my ancestry DNA and I'm like all these Dodsons came up. I'm like, who the heck are these Dodsons? Who are these people? <laughs> so we, so my sister, she's a half sister. No, mm-hmm. uh, so she lives in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine. So she started digging, and then we, I started helping her. We were digging and digging, and reached out to some people, and found out that my these people were coming up as like half cousins and half ants i'm like that's not that's, supposed to be that's close yeah that's <laughs> close relatives <laughs> yeah yeah and um one of my cousins like her mom won't do their dna and she mm. refuses so she, but she did hers oh my gosh so she gave me access to hers and showed her how to create the accounts and upload it and everything and found no she's supposed to be a full cousin and she's a half which oh makes gosh. her mom my aunt a half aunt so you're like, who is the, like... My uncle, my dad's brother, is supposed to be a full uncle, and he's a half-uncle. Oh, my gosh. So who's the other half? And that's yeah. where all these Dotsons are coming from. Yeah. So based off DNA and military training records for my grandfather, we've come to the conclusion that the rumors about my grandmother having an affair were true. Yeah. And the guy she had an affair with was in the Navy. And that's where all the Dotsons come from. Got a Jody in the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, but unfortunately with Ancestry, is like, they sure do kick up a lot of third to fifth cousins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, where are the earlier ones? Yeah. I didn't do Ancestry because I, well, so like my adoptive family, they know all, like my grandpa, he is a huge like history buff and my mom too. And so they have like all of the, the generation, generation, generations back and everything. Um, but I didn't even like so much care about that as I did just like where in the world, because my birth dad, like, I don't care to know who he is because he's a horrible person. I hope he's not anymore, but you know, he was at least. And I like just didn't have to, I didn't have that desire. Um, and then with my birth mom, again, like, she is the way she is because of all of the family before them. So it was like, I don't want to like bring that into my like life sort of deal. Um, so I just did basic like DNA where in the world is like my family from and everything. Um, but I even through that, I got like all these emails and it's like, you have 27 relatives <laughs> like that are like this and that. And I like, I tried one time to contact one of them because it was like a semi close. It wasn't like a cousin or anything. It was like a third removed or something. I don't know. And I contacted them one time and I said, do you know, um, like and Karen, my birth mom, and I did her first and last name and she lived in Dallas, Texas around this time. And then I was like, did I, I just asked her that. And she goes, I have no idea who you're talking about. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, that was my shot. Like I was my shot in the dark. I'm good. <laughs> but for you, you like, you're like, you're, I mean, you're getting pretty close, like relatives. Yeah, and a lot of the Dotson sides come to find out actually live couple hours south of here oh wow oh yeah you said that but we didn't get a chance to make it down there yeah um she had something else come up anyway my cousin oh okay so uh, another time yeah that's so crazy i mean we'll be here for the next several (laughs) years so yeah like (laughs) if you need an excuse (laughs) um okay cool so then was there any is there any other like further questions that you're trying to get answered through ancestry or was that kind of like the big that was the big one yeah. um now it's more like trying to get 
an actual confirmation mm-hmm. and I don't know that aside from what we already have with the DNA and the training records yeah I don't know if there's unless somebody has a letter written somewhere and it says it yeah. I don't know that we're going to get a firm confirmation yeah but I think that there's enough evidence it seems pretty solid yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess now it's just like like my wife says I'm trying to meet everybody I can meet <laughs> yeah <laughs> but when you don't know who your family is yeah or who you thought it was. Yeah. You know, then you want to meet them. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. And how do you feel? Because, like, my biological family likes to like, say she's my birth mom. I say my, my birth, like, siblings or whatever. Like, you know, I don't have, like, that heart connection, like, with my yeah. siblings. I have it with my birth mom. I do want to meet her. All these things. But I don't have that, like, heart pulling towards them whereas my family like my parents the people who raised me I do so for you how do you feel like the like balance like do you feel like your biological or your adoptive or both like family ties like how do you like define like family with them if that makes sense yeah it's uh I mean, because now you're an adult, you have a family. <laughs> yeah. So, so the ones I don't know, like that, that heart connection is not quite there yet. Yeah. You know, and I, we don't talk that much, and mm-hmm. so we don't have that connection just on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Whereas, the family I have now, mm-hmm. I have that heart connection with, and um, my adopted parents, you know, despite all the abuse that we went through, I still love them. They raised me. Yeah. You know, and they had strict boundaries, and I believe all kids should have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a you got to find that balance mm-hmm. on you know, between strict, over strict, and under strict. Yeah. And I think they raised me the best they could at the time because when I was growing up, we had I think at one time there was eight. Oh my gosh! But. They grew, a couple of them grew older and mm-hmm. grew up and moved out. Yeah. And then there was like five of us. Wow. You know, and this is in the 70s. I was about to say, things you changed. Know. Parenting styles. <laughs> the trends. <laughs> you know, my, my adopted dad, you know, he had all these guns and he would melt lead and make these targets and put them in the hallway and invite <laughs> his friends over and he just had target oh practice. <laughs> Wait, the police what? would come up and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. just be careful and what, what kind of gun's that? Oh, that's cool. Oh my god! Now you can't get away with that. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> that's terrifying. You know, so... Oh my gosh. My adopted dad is... I don't know if I have that heart connection with him because he was the more abusive one. My mom yeah. got saved and became a Christian and she, she changed. Yeah. Yeah, I know her. <laughs> yeah, so she changed and she's already asked for forgiveness and mm-hmm. apologized and everything. But yeah. my adopted dad was just straight up mean. Yeah. Stuck. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because after I got saved... And nobody knows exactly where anybody goes mm-hmm. unless you know for sure they're saved or not. Yeah. And even then, it's like you don't really know their heart. Yeah. But I, after I got saved, I had a dream that my adopted dad was in hell, mm. like screaming. That's hard. It was crazy. Yeah. So how does, I? that's kind of like the, the wrap up here that I wanted to, which is not going to be like a short conversation, but... <laughs> um, 
your faith. So, like, I've known since I was adopted since I could, like, understand, like, I, my parents were like, you weren't born in, from mama's tummy, you were, you know, <laughs> like, like, you were adopted, you know, kind of deal, and so that's just part of my life, and I struggled with it, and, like, my faith kind of, like, my faith wavered before I really cared that much about not knowing who I was, you right. know, like, where I was from and everything, um, so I had already come back to Jesus kind of at that point, um, but I didn't really, like, I guess I wasn't grateful to him as much um, for saving me from all of the trauma right. that I could have been exposed to until I was a little older. And then I was like, oh, wow, like that's a huge deal. So for somebody who actually had to go through all of the crappy like trauma in biological and in the adoption um, family, then like how did you like were they Christians? Like did you they go to not. church? I was about no. to say like we didn't like church was wasn't in our vocabulary. Yeah. Um, there was a couple times that, I don't even know how we got on it, but there was a bus, a church bus that came around picking up people, mm-hmm. and we got to go on it a couple times to a Sunday school. Yeah. Um, and then after like two or three weeks, that stopped. Or, yeah. I don't remember why. Um, so other than that, we didn't have church. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know anything about Jesus or Christ or God or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even get saved until I was like 30. Wow. I did not know that. Actually, it was about 20, 25, about 20, 25, 30, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, Because I was married before, Mm -hmm. and she led me to Christ. Oh, wow. After I went to a Promise Keepers convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was really good, and uh, I got saved with with her, and Mm -hmm. then um, I went on a deployment, and she cheated on me while I was gone with my best friend. You're like, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you love Jesus. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, my gosh. So I came home from that deployment to an empty house. <sighs> and it was like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, she left a few pieces of furniture and that was it. Oh, my gosh. So I took two weeks of leave and went on deployment again. <laughs> yeah. That's when I went to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And, but I was saved by then. Yeah. And I know sometimes even I struggle, but people struggle like they don't hear God or see God. And, mm-hmm. and I could tell you that he's real because when I was in Baghdad and the day we caught Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. the a lot of the Iraqis were celebrating, but then there's that group that were our enemies mm-hmm. and they shoot into the camp. Mm-hmm. And me and the chief were on our way to dinner. And we started taking heavy gunfire, and he's freaking out. Yeah. And but I'm saved, and I just prayed. I was like, God, you know, just protect me. Yeah. And <clears throat> I wish I had a video of it. Mm-hmm. But I swear to this day, I had like a ten foot bubble around <laughs> me. Like not one bullet came within a five foot perimeter. Yeah. Or ten foot perimeter of me. I could see him hitting the ground. Yeah. But it was like there was a line or something keeping them from coming closer. Yeah. Where my chief ran and hid, they were hitting the roof and everything. Yeah. Um, so that kind of solidified that God was watching over me. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You're like, well, if I didn't believe it before, I'm going to believe it now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, with uh, things going on the way that are on, going on today mm-hmm. in the world, the faith is really being challenged with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they just got to stand strong. And that's where 
in my situation, a lot of people say, well, I, I didn't have a choice. Mm. Everybody has a choice. Mm-hmm. It's how you, what you do with that. Yeah. You know, I grew up in some worse conditions that yeah. unimaginable. Today, people would be in prison for. Yeah. And I made a choice to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And not inherit that mm-hmm. and pass it down yeah so at some point you got to say enough's enough mm-hmm. and just do things differently that is oh my gosh you have no idea i have some friends and then some well no i don't have friends that say this i have people that used to be friends that say this <laughs> um, for other reasons but it's really hard hearing parents say like well this is the way i was raised and I'll talk to my friends about that because they'll say like, oh, well, like, you know, I have like people I know or my, my parents said this, well, this was the way I was raised, so I'm going to raise you the same way or something like that. Yeah. But then it's like, it, it hurt you. <laughs> so it would hurt me, you know, yeah. or it hurt you. So it will hurt your kids. Like it's not, you don't have to stay in that. Like you don't have to be like, you want to, you want to do better. And yeah. hopefully if, you know, most parents either have come around or in their heart, they want their kids to do better than yeah. they did. Even if they think they did the best they could, they still want your like you still want your kids to do better. And so that is yeah, that is huge. And I two like comparisons that popped into my head like in the past like two seconds was like you not knowing Jesus when you were a kid, you sacrificed your body, literally, and your mental state for your siblings so that they didn't have to suffer which is exactly what christ has done for us (laughs) and then much less like military is like very blatant like you're literally sacrificing your life for them but then also you know jesus came to fulfill the law and you know like not to abolish it but to fulfill it he did like he took everything to the next step and he came in with like grace and forgiveness whheras the law had us under like law (laughs) and like we were all punishable by death the wages of sin or death and then he came and he fulfilled that and that's what everybody in your situation that has suffered and had traumatic childhood and all this stuff and then has changed for the next generation it's like it's it's like you came you saw the bad (laughs) and you said although they you know like they tried you know like and this was what they they did with what they had they could what they could and then you took it and you said like but I'm going to do better. And you made the decision. I'm not going to make my kids suffer for what I had to go through. I'm going to help them have a better yeah. chance and a better shot. And, and people just need to understand it's the way we just described it. Like this is a short condensed version. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, this, we're talking years of yeah. overcoming this. So I don't want people to think that, Oh, you just, I mean, you said, a you, choice. Were, you, said you were saved at 30 you left, or 25 to 30, you left your house at, you 17. know, 17, you were dropped off at six, like, that in itself is much less, like, the journey that you have to go from when you're saved to now, which is a yeah. whole nother thing, <laughs> right. but just even getting to the point where you believed that there was a God and he loved you, like, that took decades. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I went to different churches, mm-hmm. searching, and I, I mainly want people to know that no matter how tough things get, you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the right choice at that particular time, but then you pick yourself back up and mm-hmm. you keep trying to make the right choice. Yeah. You know, reaching out to people who can help. Mm-hmm. 
No, that's that's important. Keep doing better. Yes. <laughs> Keep striving to do better. And if you need a moral compass on what better is, you got the Bible. <laughs> because the world is yeah. not going to tell you what is good and bad. It'll try. Yeah. <laughs> but it's wrong. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to like say or mention or an encouragement or anything like that um, for anybody who either did suffer or even I have a lot of students that listen to people who are in um, abusive situations right now. There are um, over a hundred students in our youth ministry and a lot of them are foster kids and adopted or getting adopted. If you have any encouragement for them. Find a mentor, preferably a Christian mentor mm-hmm. um, that can help guide them and be there for them. Like when things are getting tough and they need somebody to call, they mm-hmm. should have that mentor to be able to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, never give up, uh, no matter how hard things get. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been in three wars and all the stuff I've, I've I don't even want to call my childhood a war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I've overcome it. And mm-hmm. if I can do it, anybody else can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the important thing is have a, a good Christian mentor. Uh, keep your faith in God. Mm-hmm. No matter... I, I've been a Christian for a long time. And I even have days that I wonder, like, where are you? Yeah. You know, and, but he's there. Yeah. We just, We physically cannot see the bigger picture that God can see. Number one, our minds could not yeah. handle it or comprehend it. Um, but he sees the bigger picture and we have to keep our focus on him. Mm-hmm. Um, like Peter in the boat, you know, yep. <laughs> walking on the water and he took his focus off Jesus and <laughs> like fell. fell on the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to keep our focus on that. Um, no matter how hard things get. Mm hmm. Because uh, time is short. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like that was the poem or it's a poem or it's a little short story or something where the person got mad at God for not walking alongside him in the sand. It was like footprints in the sand as it was. And it was like, you know, you were walking with me and then you weren't like, what the heck? And Jesus was like, I was carrying you. (laughs) Like you just see the footprints, but you don't see like, what was like the truth, which is, you know, I'm like, I, there may be a hard time, but I'm there with you in it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, that's huge. But I, th- I think a mentor is probably the... I didn't have a mentor until I was in the Navy. Yeah. You know, and even then, it wasn't really a Christian mentor, mm-hmm. but he was a good. they were good good mentors. Yeah. But you just got to reach out. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice. Yep. It falls back on a choice. Yep. You know? <laughs> it is. <laughs> you can choose to sulk and stay depressed and not do anything about it, or you can choose to reach out to somebody mm-hmm. that you connect with. Yeah. And even if it's... You know, you, I don't want this to sound wrong, but they're a stepping stone to another mentor who has more experience. In my counseling podcast, or I call it my therapy podcast, um, I talk about, like, I saw some people that I did not continue seeing, but it pushed me to find somebody that I should be seeing. And so I had, like, I think I had two instances where... I tried to like, like actual therapy, not just like mentoring, but I like tried these two different therapists and both times it was like, okay, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, but it it pushed me to find somebody new. And then those people like really did help me or if somebody didn't help me in the right, like, you know, they helped me physically and mentally, but not spiritually. And then it pushed me to find somebody who could help me spiritually. And yeah, it's definitely 
hopefully things not panning out the way that you wish they would the first time pushes you to work harder to get better (laughs) not don't give up don't be like oh like well that was my one shot like no (laughs) like you got to keep trying got to keep going keep picking yourself up exactly same thing with like like you had mentioned like going to different churches if you find a church and you don't like it very much and you decide to leave that does not mean you have to stop going to church (laughs) It means you can find another church. You can and find a church that's better for you. And they'll find one. Like, they'll know. Yeah. It's one of those things that you know that you know that you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you find the right one. Exactly. And, you know, I got some relatives that I see on Facebook. They're always struggling. and mm-hmm. You know, but they post, like, skull pictures and stuff. And so <laughs> I think to myself, it's like, are you putting God first? Yeah. You know, because God's not about... I can't say he's not about struggle. We do yeah. go through struggle. Yeah, but yeah. He's not about depression mm-hmm. and deception. And that's mm-hmm. Satan. I saw yeah. um, somebody, a, a Facebook friend, not like a friend like we hang out with or anything, but had posted just basically just dogging on marriage. And he was just like, this is like, it's stupid. It's worthless. Like it's a piece of paper and you don't even need it. Like just live with your girlfriend. That's it. That's all you need. It's just about money and they're just going to scam you and all this stuff. And one person, cause I of course was like, I want to say something, but this is so deeply demonic. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't even know where to start. And a different friend had commented just like the beginning of like, like God, you know, created marriage and like stuff like that. And so, and then she like had started that. So I went off of that and I worked off of it and I was like, dude, like it's because like, if you don't, you have a hundred percent chance of success in marriage. If you do it God's way is what Jimmy Evans says. And I was like, if you don't do it God's way, then that's where the 50, 50 comes in. Like if you don't do it God's way, it can fail. Like it will fail. But if you do it God's way, it's a wholly different. Um, but Yeah. yeah, that, and people need to understand that because I, I see a lot of questions out there. Why does God allow this? Well, mm. first of all, Satan is the prince of this world. Yeah. It's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And God gives us free will, which mm-hmm. falls back on choice. And we choose sin every single day. Exactly. <laughs> it is not his fault that we choose sin. <laughs> All right. Well, that is all for today. Thanks so much to John for coming out and visiting, but then also for being on the podcast. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm actually going to have his wifey, um, Tanya, or as we call her, Sweet Tea. Um, her grandma name is Sweet Tea um, on, and it's going to be great. Um, and we only have a couple more episodes until the season finale where I go have a baby and um, I'll let y'all know kind of when I know um when I'm gonna be back after that um but it's a little up in the air because you know having a third kid changes things um, but yeah if you don't follow the um Instagram the podcast Instagram it's at man.o.man.podcast and I will keep everybody updated on that um and then I also post three times a week just kind of like a little update and then the verse of the week and then when the podcast actually comes out on Fridays um like I said last week it doesn't always come out on Fridays (laughs) because I might get behind or it might not come out in the morning might come in the afternoon but the Instagram will keep you updated on that and I hope y'all have an amazing week and till next time change the things that you can change and then work with what you can't see y'all later